This is Gulf Coast Life. I'm Mike Canary. Thanks for joining us. Collier County is a wealthy county. According to data from the financial technology company Smart Asset, Collier County is the second wealthiest county in Florida with a median income of more than $75,000. And according to Realtor.com's current data, a median home value at nearly $675,000. And it's an older county with a median age of 51.5 years. The median age across the state of Florida is 42. And Collier County is growing with nearly 400,000 residents as of 2022, with a projected population of 450,000 by the end of the decade. But alongside that wealth, many county residents are struggling. According to the Collier County Community and Human Services Division, nearly 53,000 people commute to work every day from outside the county. 35% of jobs in the county pay less than $35,000 a year. 58% pay less than $45,000 thousand dollars a year while in 2022 the median rental cost was two thousand two hundred and thirty dollars a month based on that number to spend thirty percent on housing which is what's recommended you would need to make about one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year these are just some of the challenges that the Collier Community Foundation faces as it tries to raise money to help support nonprofits and other local causes Collier County government does not use any tax dollars to give to any nonprofit issues and so nonprofits in Collier County need to raise about $402 million every single year, and the Community Foundation does what it can to help. To assess what the needs are and how they've changed over time, the Foundation conducts an assessment every five years, and they just released the 2022-23 Collier County Community Assessment, or CCCA, report in partnership with the Richard M. Schultz Family Foundation. It provides a snapshot of Collier County and the needs of its residents. I sat down with Collier Community Foundation's President and CEO Eileen Connolly Kiesler earlier this month to go over some of the report's highlights and the set of challenges county residents are facing and the challenges the Community Foundation faces in trying to support them. Eileen Connolly Kiesler is President and CEO of the Collier Community Foundation. Eileen, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So you joined the Collier Community Foundation about a decade or so ago, yeah, right? Yeah, I just started my 12th year. Um, broadly speaking, how much has the landscape changed in terms of what the Community Foundation is working to address in those 10 years? Oh, our Community Foundation has changed quite a bit. From asset level to actual community leadership projects, we are heavily involved in housing, uh, mental health, uh, environment now. So it's it's very different than it was 12 years ago. So it's grown in its scope and in the amount of resources you have to work with? Absolutely. We've gone from 62 million to 260 million and um, a lot more unrestricted, which has given us the ability to fill gaps. And then, you know, the other issue is we really have become what the community refers to us as is the philanthropic first responder. So when Ian hit, when Irma hit, when Red Tide hit. I mean, we are stepping up into that disaster work. Um, Never would have seen that coming when I came here 12 years ago. So that has been a big piece. Um, uh, In the pie, in terms of where you get resources, I mean, is it mostly individuals? Is it foundations? Just kind of paint that picture in terms of, you know, how you round out that uh, that budget line. Yeah, I mean, it's mostly individuals. That's who we're working with. We have this last year or in the last couple of years, when COVID hit, we did help the county do some grant-making distribution with the ARPA money and the CARES money. That was kind of the first time we'd stepped into helping mm. the county do grant-making. But generally, we are raising money through donors or distributing money 
for donors who want to do projects in the community. Understood. Uh, so you came to Naples a decade ago from Wisconsin. You were president and CEO of the Oshkosh Area Community Foundation. I mostly yes. just wanted to have a chance to say Oshkosh. <laughs> to say Oshkosh. Um, was that a radical change? I mean, are there similarities or is it lots more differences between, you know, Oshkosh and Collier County? Yeah, it's kind of both. There, there are always similarities. You know, community foundations kind of morph into what their communities need. But when you look at that most community foundations do some work in education, some work in health care. I mean, those are kind of basic things that affect people, food insecurity. That's kind of across the board. I think what's what's really unique for me coming out of Wisconsin my whole life is here it is such a delicate ecosystem. And we have to be so careful in Florida not to damage our environment where Wisconsin you know, that's more like the bowl in the china shop, you know. I mean, it's 30 below wind chills. And, you know, right now I think they've got like 18 inches of snow. There's nothing delicate about Wisconsin, <laughs> nothing at all. Do you miss it at all? Um, I miss uh, July and August. <laughs> <laughs> you, you miss one-sixth of the year. Exactly. <laughs> um, so you're on campus today to give a talk titled 2023 Community Needs Reassessment, Gains and Remaining Gaps. Uh, this is a once-every-five-year assessment. So this is basically a current snapshot as compared to 2018? Yes. 1718, we did it. Mm-hmm. Um, give us an idea of how that data is collected. It's um, I read the executive summary. It's basically a set of surveys and then focus groups. Yes, we do um, surveys. This year did over 6,000 surveys for people in the community. We did um, like 23 focus groups with about 240 people in those focus groups. And then we also gather over the five years, like what other studies have been done in Collier County or what nonprofits have done some studies? 41 studies in the last five years were also looked at. So when we we were working with Q&Q out of Miami, a consulting firm that does this work, they did it for us the first time, did it for us this time. So they take all of that data then and they're able to give us kind of a snapshot of what people are feeling or thinking or wanting to see in the community. So it it is a nice roadmap for the Community Foundation and the Richard M. Schultz Foundation, who is the big funder in this, you know, to kind of look at what what is it we're going to do for the community the next few years. And I just want to say, you know, when you do these studies, the one thing you don't want is, oh, put it on the shelf and in five years we dust it off and go, what happened? We actively, over the last five years, between the Schultz Foundation and the Community Foundation, invested $20 million in the issues that came up five years ago. So the two foundations are working really hard. And that's just two of us. There are many other foundations who look at this research and decide how they're going to fund accordingly um, to what the community has said they wanted. So it isn't, I just want to assure people, this isn't one of those studies that go on the shelf and then you pull it off in five years. So it helps guide what you do. It helps guide what other foundations do, but then it also provides information for, you know, Uh, local elected officials, business leaders, nonprofits, all those things. Yes, we just, we, I mean, this uh, research has been given to the nonprofits. We just met with the commissioners in Collier County. Hopefully we'll have a chance with city council to really say, this is what the people are saying, because there definitely are some changes from five years ago. Um, I read the executive summary, like I mentioned, it seems like housing affordability is really up toward the top. And Like you said, big changes. It went from 45% in 2018 to 65%, which is a pretty big increase. So what can you tell us about, you know, none of us, nobody listening is unaware of our housing costs issues in Southwest Florida, but what kind of data does this give you? Well, it it tells us that 
that, you know, those of us who have been working in that housing space, that we need to continue down this path, that the community wants to see some resolution to this issue. In Collier County alone, I mean, we're probably short 10,000 apartments or homes for people. We're losing workforce just like everybody else who can't afford to live here. Teachers, you can find a teacher, but they don't want to come to Collier County if they're coming from other states because they can't afford to live because it's $54,000 a year. The study showed us you need to be making $109,000 a year for a family of four if you want to live in Collier County. So there's some pretty big differences on what the median incomes are and what people really need to make to live in Collier County. So for us, we've been working on housing for five years. Um, The Schultz Foundation and the Community Foundations and the Moorings Park Foundation are doing a project on the Golden Gate Golf Course for essential employees, 250 units for police, teachers, nurses, EMT, firefighters. We're just getting ready to break ground on that project. And the county put the land in it. So they have been a partner with us in in this. We also have worked to pull together a housing hub in Collier County called the it'll be the Housing Alliance for Collier County, where they will be the knowledge. They're going to be the brain, and they're going to know the developers. They're going to know the policies. They're going to know the staff at the county. They're going to know who's building what, where they want to put it, and how we help make that happen. And then the Community Foundation is creating a housing impact fund um, we're, we're hoping to raise $10 million and then do revolving loans to developers to help them move quicker because those first dollars for them are tough because you don't really have a project to take to the bank yet, but you still need to do permitting, zoning, and architectural. We're going to help them do that so that they can move quicker. So there's several pieces we're all working on in Collier County, and, and we are making some very slow progress. I was going to say, because the need is really great. I was looking yep. at the uh, the Collier County Community and Human Services Division. They have a housing division. And they said there's like 53,000 people yeah. who travel to Collier County and leave Collier County every day for their job. And that's probably not because they want to live somewhere else. It's because no. they have to live somewhere else. They do. And, and something like a third of jobs in Collier County pay less than $35,000. So how, you know, you talk about, oh, we're going to put 250 units here or whatever, Mm -hmm. but when we're talking about, you know, tens of thousands of people and land is worth what it's worth, how do you, you know, how do you achieve that gap between what a piece of property could be worth versus what it needs to be worth to fill that gap? I don't know if that's necessarily your job other than to highlight the issue. But, you (laughs) know, that just seems like such an intractable problem. It it is. And, you know, there is no one project that's going to fix housing for Collier County. We need several pieces going. So we need Habitat to continue their mission of building homes for people. You need the county to continue to buy land and then be able to give that to developers or sell it to developers, however they want to do that, so that it's a more reasonable cost because land is so expensive. We need to look out on the other side of 75, um, the east side of 75, but then we need to deal with the transportation issues that are going to come with that. Like there's lots of moving pieces, but I think it's the first time in the county that between the county committees that are meeting, the alliance that has been brought together and created this new hub, community foundation, other funders, Schultz Foundation, Moorings Park, like everybody's working on this now. It isn't just one group, but it, it's going to take us, It's. I mean, it's going to take us 10 years to really feel where we can stand back going, all right, now we've got 6,000 units hopefully in place. I was listening to one of the other radio stations in town that isn't public radio this morning, and they were talking to uh, one of the Collier County commissioners, and they said, what are the big issues that you hear about? And he said, traffic, traffic, traffic. Yeah. And you just mentioned, you know, being on the east side of 75. Yep. 
you know, that not only is that potentially traffic issues, but it's also environmental issues, which yeah, is, is another big thing. So let's segue into environment. That's yeah. become um, that's another place that things have. Uh, you know, uh, more people are worried about environmental issues now than five years ago? Oh, by far. Five years ago, we were looking at about 22% of the people that took the survey thought that was, you know, one of those top issues. Now it's 41%. And at first, people go, well, we just had Ian. That's why they're, it's on their mind. Well, five years ago, we had just had Irma. So it isn't the, hur- I don't think it's hurricane, but I do think that people are concerned about development because that was the second thing, managing growth and development. This all plays together, housing, then managing that housing growth, and then trying not to, you know, to totally destroy our environment in that process or the habitat for our animals in that process of building. So, you know, the county is going to have to have some plan where, you know, smart development can happen and smart growth can happen without, you know, going, I'm going to say low, mean single families all over the place because that takes up so much land. Like there's going to have to be some give and take. I think the biggest problem we're running into when the developers do find a spot that they could do some housing on is you've got neighbors not wanting people there. And so, you know, they're all saying, "Don't we need housing, but don't put it here, <laughs> right? Yeah, and that, yeah, yeah. that is a problem where the commissioners have really had to make hard decisions and go, we know you don't want it, but we need to build housing and affordable housing and workforce housing. Workforce housing isn't necessarily low income. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that you're making $60,000 a year or $70,000 and you just don't have enough. So commissioners are having to make tough decisions, no question. I'd like to take a moment to reintroduce my guest. Eileen Connolly Keesler is president and CEO of the Collier Community Foundation. She's on the Florida Gulf Coast University campus today to give a talk titled 2023 Community Needs Reassessment Gains and Remaining Gaps. Her presentation is part of the university's provost's seminar series and the Naples discussion group. If you'd like to engage with the show about this topic or any of our episodes, just use Instagram, Facebook, or X. Just look up WGCU. Um, Collier County is also an, an older population. I think it's seventh in the state when it comes to it's 51.5 years old is the median age yes. versus like 44 or something like that statewide. I think it's about three year difference. Um, you know, so as we know, the baby boomers are retiring at like a thousand a day or so. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's a huge number and Collier County is already an aging population. So what can you tell us about the needs and things that you're working toward to address the needs of both? You know, seniors, they have uh, health issues, they have mental health issues, they have housing issues like everybody else. What can you talk about when it comes to the aging population in an already pretty old county? Yeah, and, you know, it's it's interesting. These studies kind of help us pay attention to where this is going because we're estimating, you know, in the next 10 to 15 years, we're going to probably be 40 or more percent, 65 and older. So what is it a community has to provide for all of these seniors? Healthcare is a big one. Medicare, you know, when you go to a specialist, first thing they ask you is, are you on Medicare? We aren't taking any Medicare patients, right? So where, where are they going to go? In the focus groups, there definitely was discussion about housing, housing for seniors. We have senior women living in their cars. We have veterans living in the woods in tents. We need to provide services for these. The average Social Security check for a woman in Collier County is $1,008. Like, where are you going to live? Um, yeah, median right? <laughs> median rent in the county is twenty three fifty. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Like right, like it, it, the numbers don't work. So so certainly, you know, it, it is an area we're all looking at is how do we serve this senior population as we continue to get more and more people or more people age in this community. 
I mean, Collier County or Florida, I think in general, typically people live three years longer than you do in the Midwest. So, <laughs> you know, because you're out walking and you're not busting a hip on ice and you're, you know, you're uh, you're continuing to, to stay active, which really helps people live longer. If they're going to live longer, how do we provide those services and housing? Honestly, 12 years ago, there was not even a senior center in Collier County. Really? Yeah. When I got there, there was no senior center. The first That's difficult to believe. Isn't I, it? I, I, I trust your... your I know. <laughs> trust me. People are like, really? Because you're moving where there's all these older people. Yeah. Like, no, um, there wasn't. And now there's two senior centers that are at capacity who are looking at expansion all the time to provide services for everybody who needs it. And, you know, that isolation becomes a huge issue for seniors. You live alone. If you're not driving, you're, you're really isolated wherever it is that you are living. And uh, those senior centers are so important to keep people thinking, you know, because dementia becomes an issue. And um, so it, it is something we really need to map in um, Collier County to figure out how we're going to meet all these needs of all these seniors. is and, huge. And in a county with a population that's that old, you know, the labor participation rate in Collier County is like 65 or 66 percent, which means about one out of three people aren't looking for a job. They're not going to work. So how do you fill the jobs when you also have a lot of people and a lot of the older people need people who can work to help them? Right. It's a really interesting dynamic that makes Collier County kind of an outlier, right? It, it really is. <laughs> it, it really is for a lot of reasons. But that being said, Collier County is an amazing community. And you know, I, again, I think because we're raising the awareness about these issues, there was no real study 12 years ago on what the needs were in the community. But the fact we can do these studies and continue to be laser focused on some of these issues, we can make the difference. I mean, the seniors services has made a huge difference for seniors. People are talking about it. Community Foundation is just getting ready to pay for a senior navigator for the community. So like all of these pieces are happening and it's because we had data that told us where we were headed. Uh, mental health access. That's yeah. another one that was up there. Um, yeah, 880 people to every one provider. Is that uh, in line with the state? Because I know the state State's is... 510. Wow. Yeah, so... So what's being done to address that? And yeah, how can well. the Community Foundation <laughs> grease those wheels, if at all? Well, um, certainly there's some amazing programs going on with students from FGCU who are providers in mental health. And they're getting them that direct service and kind of creating um, internships around helping kids who are going to school to work in this field and getting them the experience that they need to actually work in the field. So that's happening. Obviously, David Lawrence and NAMI and other organizations in Colorado County that are working in mental health are huge, and we have to have to help them continue. We have to help provide stability to them so that they can have the counselors on. But we're running into similar things where how do you get people to move when they don't have a place to live? Like, they all want to be here. Everybody from the Midwest wants to be here, let's face it, especially after this last 10 days that they've gone through there. They're willing to come, but there's nowhere to put them. So it all comes back to if we can get housing in place, I think we can solve some of these other issues that we have around workforce. One of the issues that came up around housing was uh, there's a lot of short-term rentals, a lot of Airbnb kind of things in Collier County, which makes it hard for people who live here. Is there any way to address that, or is that just the market's going to do what the market does? Yeah, I think the market's going to do what the market does. Um, I think you have to work with developers who are not going to let that happen. Like they're going to actually build for people who are working here and not – you know, not allow all the purchase of people who want to rent for three months and, and then, you know, it sits empty for the rest of the time. 
that 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 is definitely a problem. And when you look at rents, I think the difference between twenty three hundred and thirty nine hundred. If you're renting it during season, it's like four thousand dollars a month. Well, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Right. So we have to. That right? comes back to what I said before. You yeah. know, if you have an asset and it's potentially worth X, why would you take point six of X? Because the community needs it. I guess you can be altruistic, but right. but if you're making a financial decision, that's a hard decision to make if you need to that full value for your for your property, right? Right. So the hope is philanthropy can help step in here and create like we're doing on the golf course where a nonprofit developer is going to own this. They are not going to be able to raise rents. It's got to go, you know, there are rules involved because philanthropic dollars have been put into this project. So the hope is that we can replicate this and be able to continue to build. Because if we can get if you can get 250 units and do it five times, you know, you've, you've, you've made a dent. You, uh, by nature, deal with people who are giving money. That's, that's what the Community that's what Foundation do. does. Yep. Um, we are in a time of, of you know, decades high inflation. It's been, you know, inflation's been high. It's coming down, but, you know, the prices are going to stay up to some degree. And interest rates are super high. Um, how does that impact giving? Yeah, you know, um, I think I saw it put brakes on during COVID more so than I do right now. Okay. I, I kind of feel like right now we are back to where we were before COVID hit and then Ian hit. Um, I mean, Ian alone, we raised $10 million, and that all was from the community pretty much, people coming forward who wanted to support um, people who had been affected by Ian. But when, when we look at it, if you look at, at wealth in Collier County – so let's just look at what people make. So if you make more than $412,000 a year in the state of Florida, that puts you in the one percenters, right? So in Collier County, the average amount in that one percenters is $5.5 million. <laughs> it's a lot of money. And we're, we need to have people with that kind of wealth because the county does not use any tax dollars to give to any issues any nonprofit issues in Collier County. Everything is based on philanthropy. And those nonprofits in Collier County have to raise $402 million every single year. So without the wealth and philanthropy that we have in Collier County, we would be in, in, in a big hurt. <laughs> That's for sure. So um, donors are giving. And there's probably a lot, lot, lot more there if we just um, can usher it in and educate the people living in the community about these needs. You know, it's it's a unique community that you don't see the homeless. You know, you drive into Collier and you don't you don't see anything bad. Everything's gorgeous. Everybody says it's paradise. But, you know, behind, you know, the curtain, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, so it's just kind of a constant education with donors about what's happening here and the fact that where you came from, generally East Coast, Midwest, the majority of people that are here, you paid some significant taxes. And those significant taxes help to support all of these issues in the community. Here, because you do not pay taxes, you domiciled here not to pay taxes, it's got to come a different way. And that's from philanthropy. Well, I appreciate the work you do and the challenges that Thanks. you face, but that is all the time we have. So Thanks I have so much. to say thank you. Um, my guest has been Eileen Connolly Kiesler. She's president and CEO of the Collier Community Foundation. Thank you so much for coming by the studio and for, like I said, the challenges that you face because they are great. Thank you. That conversation was recorded back on January 18th. You can find a link to the full 2022-23 Collier County Community Assessment Report on our website, wgcu.org slash gcl. 
For now, thank you for listening. I'm Mike Canary. This is WGCU-FM Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO Marco Island 91.7 FM, NPR for Southwest Florida.